Good morning, folks. This is Mark Anthony here from Atlanta, and I've got Tahisha Coleman with me, who's up in North Carolina. She is the owner of CSP Safety Lady, one of the most dynamic EHS consulting firms. They also do career coaching. Uh, so if you need any EHS uh, services in the North Carolina region, please reach out to her. Uh, she's with us today to talk about ethics and safety. Uh, it's not just about keeping your hands to yourself. This is going to be a hilarious yet poignant take on the ethical side of safety management. So Tahisha, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for the invite. I'm happy to be here and a part of your show. Awesomeness, awesomeness. We got a couple questions for you. You ready? I I think so. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, so my first question is, what do you think is the funniest misconception you've encountered about ethics in the safety industry? There's a few to, that come to mind. I'd say one that stands out most is the mindset that morals and values change per organization you're supporting. So, hey, this week, I like this one because this organization is on board with it. Right. And the next month when you're doing something else, you're adopting or mirroring someone else's values. Like, what are your core values? What mm. do you stand firm on? What are you unwavering on? There are certain mm. things that I can't sway on. Um, and it doesn't matter what organization I'm supporting. So how do you make this to align though? I mean, what if it's too much of a disparity? What do you do? So there are times where I have fired companies. If our missions don't align and there aren't things that I'm willing to compromise on. And there are some things, right? When you look at letter of the law, black and white, that's subject to interpretation. But right. when you have people that don't have integrity, maybe they're doing wrong things for the wrong reason, that's mm -hmm. where I draw the line. Okay, okay, okay. So there has to be some sort of commonality from the start for uh, you and a company to build a relationship. Those yeah, things. I just don't date any company. <laughs> okay, I got it, everybody has standards. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> So in your experience, have there been any ethical decisions that have turned the workplace into a real life episode of a TV show? This one makes me cringe. Ooh. <laughs> I feel like I'm currently living in a reality show as we speak. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> it gets a little dicey, oh a little crazy. Okay, all right, okay. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Again, nothing too personal. Keep it confidential. I don't know if you have an NDA and I ain't trying to get sued. So. Just I got you, I got you. <laughs> so imagine working in a 100-year-old 100 company, mm -hmm. drawing the picture here, and okay. the SHE Foundation was still in its infancy stage. You've literally been in business for 100 years. How are you three to five years, maybe seven years, into building your foundation of EHS? Your principles of how you manage, your programs, your processes, you know, things like management of change, do mm -hmm. not exist. How is this possible? You've been around for a hundred years. Are you not taking this serious, right? Um, so <laughs> no one to manage a management of change process because it doesn't exist. Um, true risk analysis process. Where are they? What's the process of doing them? Do we really utilize our base knowledge or are we going to the experts, right? And okay. then for me, someone else's faulty approval landed me an exposure based on their inadequate knowledge and knowledge, uh, I'd say lack of a robust management of change process. So with an exposure, you're like, okay, someone made this decision, right? Um, it sounds like a bit of incompetence. 
a, a little bit of incompetency. So I hear you use the word. Don't use the I word very often, but. Yeah, and sadly, I think as EHS pros, we have to understand our limits, right? Where okay. just because we read a standard and can get all the words in our brain and process right. it doesn't mean mm -hmm. we have the experience. And sometimes okay. I think we lack the enthusiasm or I'm going to say some of us are just plain, I think it's ignorance and selfishness. Like we want to know everything. I don't know everything. I'm pretty intelligent, but I don't know everything. And it's never beneath me or beyond mm -hmm. me to go to an expert, ask questions and learn more. And I'm the type of person I'll run scenarios by people. Here's what I think. You're the expert. You've dealt with this. Help me make sure I'm here. But when you look at a management of change process, you got your engineers, you got your facilities team, you got your operations team, you got your construction managers and safety, a gamut right. of people looking at one particular item and making decisions on outcomes. Right. right I'm looking this, from here. They're looking at from here. He's looking from here. Everybody's got a different view, right? Absolutely. And in this scenario, I think one person said, hey, I think I got it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That's crazy because I think as safety pros, you know, we really have to be very open minded and always ask ourselves, you know, what am I not seeing? What don't I know? Right. Like you always should probably be assuming I don't know what I don't know. So let right. me verify. Let me get a second opinion. Let me call a coworker. Let me call another safety subject matter expert. And it's okay not to know everything. No one is going to know everything. Right. But I think that is so important. It's okay everything. not to know. know. <laughs> I mean, as long as you know where to find it, don't get me wrong. But you're not going to just be like, oh, yeah, this is the Wing it out of pocket. Word for word, like, <laughs> come on now. Like, be realistic. I'm Absolutely. sorry to hear that come to you. Jeez, gosh. And you say you're still going through this right now? Yes. Active process, four months in, still looking for. Uh, biomarkers and understanding how I was exposed, what I was exposed mm -hmm. to. And that goes back to the organization knowing what the potential exposures are, right? So mm -hmm. there should be a list of SDSs or reference points or some type data point that says, hey, this is in this area. If mm -hmm. we were doing the, you know, that proper onboarding of bringing on new processes and identifying those risks, we would have that documented. It wouldn't be this difficult for someone of my caliber. I've been in the field for 16 years. I've done a lot of safety assessments. I've taken care of a lot of people. And oh, in this scenario, part of me, a small part of me feels like I failed myself, but I okay. know when I'm embedded in an organization, if I'm standing in flood water and there's a bridge right here flooding, I can't just mm -hmm. have a bucket pouring over. Like I'm, I'm still in it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You how are you gonna save yourself? You're trying to save everybody else. That don't make no sense. Absolutely, right? absolutely. That's unfortunate. Jeez. If you could create a golden rule of ethics and safety management, something that every safety professional in our field, you know, may want to follow or should follow, what do you think that would be? You know what? I think I just kind of hit on it in the, the previous question. So if you haven't had relevant experience related mm -hmm. to complex issues, right? Or tasks. Mm -hmm. You are not an expert <laughs> and you should seek knowledge transfer and right. establish checkpoint or help or guidance from somebody else. Like it's okay to be smart, but we have to stop lying to ourselves. We are okay. not, you know what I tell people with the CSP, I'm a CSP, CSP safety lady. But with <laughs> that, it's not so I can't stop 
like advancing. I can't stop, right. uh, you know, programming my brain to advance beyond the bandwidth of which I already can cover. Right. It's so not like I you just, oh, I'm a CSP. That's it. I'm that's good. That's it. I know that's everything. You see these like, letters? No, I don't mean you know. That's just the start, right? That's just the start. Yeah, and sadly, I think when we, we're in that space, we mm -hmm. have to stop lying to ourselves, right? You don't know what you don't know, and you mm -hmm. have to identify blind spots because if you don't, last thing we, we, we experience is someone else can get hurt or have a life-changing event mm -hmm. behind this, these missteps. That's a good point. Yeah, it's I scary. Agree. And like I said, this reality show I'm living in, I never imagined. I've I've worked for countless organizations and to think that here I am ready to transition to higher education, I think. Right. I want to teach. I want to share oh my, my knowledge. <laughs> coach, is that... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, where am I going? And to think that I'm like I was right there. I, I think I was kind of worn out by manufacturing and some of those things. But mm -hmm. hey, what's next? And I'm like, oh, I think I, I don't think I want to go back into this environment. There's a fear, a shock that happens. Trauma. And here I am, the safety person. Mm -hmm. What do you imagine happens to someone who's experienced something crazy when they're just a general employee that have no knowledge in these areas? It's probably pretty scary to, to deal with. So it affects people more than you and your bullets on your resume, especially mm -hmm. if you can't account for specific experience that you right. can tie to the scenario to make sure you're, you've done due diligence. Gosh, do you think this is the strangest ethical issue you faced related to safety? No. Is it something like, that makes you go like, well, well this is a new one. Like, I, this is just a new notch in the belt. I know this is a new president right here. Yeah, I, I do one. have one, sadly. <laughs> oh, there's, there's another one. There's, there's another one. one. You know what oh I will say, gosh. I think it's tied. I think it's tied to this event though. Okay. Okay. I learned that the rules of reporting injuries mm -hmm. and exposures immediately only applies to general workers, your shop workers, your facilities people, not your she pros, not your she pros. In this scenario, immediately things were taken and removed from me, right? And I'm like, wait, I should have done more investigation. I should have figured okay. out exactly what. And here mm -hmm. I am thinking, that same protocol would flow. I would have so someone cool. partnering with me. I yeah. Right. Sadly, not the case. So what? They just sort of they took everything away from you. They're like, no, nah, you, you, you no longer. You know what? When you think of what? what? Right. But when no. you think of investigating your own injury, right? Mm -hmm. I can one hundred percent agree that hey. That's a kind of a conflict of interest. We should let someone else lead. Right. But you have the knowledge, you have the experience, you personally had an exposure of what you believe was contributed to by your, your work condition. Right. And then, I mean, you're protected. Once you report an injury, you're, you have protected status, right? It, or as it's almost retaliation, right? So it, it seems that way, right? So there's protected with you, status. Not, we need to take you away from the situation completely so much as well, tell us what happened. Tell us as much as you can. What do you think happened? Help us figure this out. Let's right. get the factors and root causes. You know, let's. We want to protect other people. So you're not blaming. When you look at that, you set a mouthful. That's if they want that route. Because at some point, you have to decide. Okay, if they're not in my corner, what's going on here, right? Okay. Yeah. So 
in, if we want to do due diligence, we have mm -hmm. that firm foundation. We have mm -hmm. that robust program layout. Mm -hmm. We're we're gaining to proactively manage safety, right? Sure. In this scenario, point. when you're getting that pushback, when you know there are facts contributing to this event, it sends the wrong message. It looks like you don't have the employee's health and safety at your best interest. Ooh, I'm gonna get a little red flag. And every time someone says something that sounds kind of weird, or I'm just gonna wave it around. Yeah, like I that. like that. I like that. Just give me a great, great idea. I'm gonna hop on Amazon just now. Like, no, that, that ain't gonna fly. That, that ain't, ain't, gonna that ain't fly. Exciting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is not cool at all. One last question for you here. Uh, if you had to present an award for the best ethical decision in a safety scenario, what situation would win that prize? Would it be the ones that you told us about today? Or is there another one? I uh -oh. think there's another one. I oh. don't know if I've worked at just odd places. And I've gotten great experience, right? But that's another thing. When you look at the experience and the exposure you've had, not a necessarily mm -hmm. bad exposure, but how you've been exposed to EHS, what programs, how your bandwidth has expanded, it takes a wide variety of these organizations and support to figure out, okay, navigating and gaining bandwidth. So mm -hmm. one thing that stands out, um, I think standing firm on facts and fairness, okay. even when it goes against the outcome the organization wants, right? Okay. <laughs> so I had a gentleman, and this is a personal scenario as well, had a gentleman, Mr. Tony, cool dude, cool dude. He gonna uh, be okay with ago, him, but, right? um, Huh? He's gonna be okay with you using his name, right? Yeah, he there's a million Tonys at this place, so we're good. <laughs> okay. But um, this scenario was one where, and I stand firm on this, you cannot hold someone accountable for something you have not instructed him on or them on, right? So sure. this gentleman got called into HR because of something that happened like a couple days before and mm -hmm. he was required to do tank spikes. There's this 55 gallon drum on a drum rotator. And guess what it's in? Powder form. How do you pour powder without it spilling? There is no such way, right? So right. <laughs> this gentleman was called into HR and union steward, like just pulled into it to do an investigation and doing a thorough oh. investigation. It's like, where's the SOP? How, had, how should he have done it? And right. then that, how are you, you really, hold him accountable for something you didn't tell him to do right and then you don't have a process so yeah he spilled it he probably should have cleaned it up but mm -hmm. if he, he doesn't know what he's pouring or he should have known i think that i don't think that was an issue right but there's a bigger picture if you don't have a cleanup process for this particular chemical or right. powdered form how was he to even know so i went to bat form i'm not one that just i'm not a pushover first of all and i really would want someone to look out for me the same way i look out for employees okay and i think yeah. it's important that we just stand on facts and fairness we don't just do things because you know personal differences or beliefs it's more about what's fair and what's fact and how do we move forward with a fair uh you know a fair judgment or sentencing <laughs> for this individual right, let's right, make right. The like let's make the punishment match the crime it can't exceed right. it right if he was guilty if he really had done it he was the you know i don't want to say to blame but employee misconduct so to speak then yeah we dropped the hammer but to be fair 
if it's a it's a more of a process issue, then you gotta kind of help him be successful. If you don't set him up for success, it's not fair to him. Absolutely. And people, always, you know, they treat things people always say, right? Like, uh, oh, I wasn't trained, I didn't know, I wasn't told. Those are the three things I, I hear. I've heard constantly over the years. Constantly, if someone says when they get caught doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, and sometimes we don't quite, you know, grasp that. They, yeah, they weren't supposed to be doing it, but no one told them not to do it. Or how to do it different. How to do it different. <laughs> so, I mean, you're like, hey, you told me to do this job. You didn't tell me how to do the job. And sadly, <laughs> it puts employees in a bad space. Uh, I'm really big on training, education, and just that knowledge transfer. Sure. And a part of my being requires processes. I, right. I, I like... I, um, structure. I cannot function in chaos, right? Yes, yeah. It has to be repeatable. If it's not right. repeatable, then what are you doing? It's not successful. And if it's we got 10 people true. doing things 10 different ways, right? we have a bigger issue. But I think organizations, as I mentioned, us as she pros or safety professionals, we tend to lie to ourselves. I think organizations fail to see the true image of what they have on display Mm -hmm. And when someone from the outside, new employee or safety professional with a different view, someone else, mm -hmm. they're looked at as like, no, stay away. You're, you're taboo, the bad guy. <laughs> like, no, I, I have our best interests in mind and I'm trying to, you know, guide us down that path. But it's right. a partnership for sure. That's true. People don't always know what's best for them. It's like Absolutely fiduciary not. duty. Absolutely. I can sit here in the kiosk and just collect a check and not care. But what does that really say and what message is it sending am i really making a positive difference probably not absolutely absolutely and that positive difference i think is key factor in the success of your business um and protecting people at hands down if i do nothing else at work i'm gonna be on the floor seeing what my people are doing mm -hmm. and how and i tell people i'm not here to tell to teach you how to do your job I'm here to see where you need my help and you don't even know it. We want to identify risks that are blind, you know, you're blind to in hopes of sending you home to your family the exact same way every single day. I often think about it as how can I make your job easier? Because oftentimes the harder your job is, the more likely it is that you'll make a mistake yep. and you'll have an injury. So if <laughs> I can make your job easier and there's something that you could do easier, you probably shouldn't be doing. Maybe you shouldn't be lifting something a certain way carrying at a certain distance, maybe there's a machine, a MHE that can do the, the thing for you, then, you know, if I make your job easier, I'm keeping you safer ultimately. And the more Absolutely. convenient the safe behavior is, the more likely that they will, you know, adhere to it. It's, right. It's right. Hold them okay. accountable. You know what? I tell people, you can't do what you would do at home in your garage. We have resources. Any That's organization true. that pays you a salary has the resource to help you do your job safely. That's a good point. Yeah. Your garage doesn't have compliance requirements. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For yourself, I don't know. <laughs> For somebody has tried. Okay, so I think that wraps up today's session. That's all the questions I had. Do you have any closing remarks, Tahisha? No, I don't. Thank you for your time. Thanks for the opportunity. Right. These questions spark some thought when we look at ethics and just how we, how it pairs with EHS. Right. and what makes a lasting difference and at the end of the day just doing the right thing for the right reason for the protection of our most precious resources to human life that's true our employees are you know the assets 
I know they can be capital, but they really are the assets. All that other stuff is replaceable. The people right. not so much. Especially right. the knowledge in their heads. Absolutely. That's why processes matter, just like you said. Right. We can't just, hey, you know, just plug it, um, a memory card into your brain. Transfer right. that over so we can pass it to the next I heard person. Elon Musk is working on something, though, so stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs>